Hey everyone, this is Sol, your host with the Moon Medicine Force. Hope you're all doing pretty good. I'm bringing you episode one, Wolf Beings of America, whom I call Wolfen. And a lot of you will know them by the name of Werewolf, Dogmen, Dogman, Upright Canines, Werewolves, Shadow Wolves, whatever. Uh, basically, overall, a wolf-like man-like being and some of them are pretty scary but I'm also going to go over little sections first about what's a werewolf what's a wolf uh, the symbolism behind them and I'm going to also go over a good chunk of a lot of research material done by Linda S. Godfrey and I'm going to go over a couple parts of her books, basically uh, bringing out eyewitness reports that show a lot, a lot of reports that show not only just testimonies of a uh, encounter, but also some of them do have evidence with pictorial evidence. Some of them have eyewitness sketches. And also I'll be going over my personal experience with one and apparently quite recently i've i've had another individual i do do uh animal communication that i've kind of self-taught myself and it's i've always been uh, sensitive over the years since i was a child to um sensing things around me and then Every now and then, once in a little while, you know, I'll experience something. It's not something that I experience every day. So that's how I know, like, part of it. It's not just over-imagination. It's not all in my head, which some people will sit there and wonder, you know, if they're going crazy, should they see a psychologist or something. But I assure you, we're all not going crazy when we, when we experience these things. At least we all, at least we can all attempt to explain these things logically and rationally which i highly support because sometimes some people do experience mental episodes that could affect them but we're not going over that today we're just going over a little bit of something about werewolves wolves linda s godfrey my experience and uh hope you enjoy now remember don't forget to join the discord the moon medicine force you can find the link on the profile also feel free to share this this uh podcast because honestly this is my first podcast so i'm i'm learning how to do this one step at a time so <clears throat> not gonna lie my uh allergies get in the way of my speech a whole lot and i do have a half numb face so <laughs> but the reason why I'm podcasting about wolf beings is not only just because of my personal experience with one but also I would very much like to share how to best handle or approach these situations I'm not saying I'm an expert but I am saying you know let's try to use common sense we're not going to go out there and use uh torches and pitchforks and and go after these creatures because if you really think about it they're living beings just like you and me and they deserve the same amount of respect 
So let's, uh, without further ado, I'm going to open up my book called The Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures by John and Caitlin Matthews. And we're going to go over pages, uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to go over pages 512 and 517, one's about werewolves, one's about wolves, and I'll be reading them from the book so that you and I can go over this evidence together or accounts or however you want to look at it. Personally, this is more of a reference in my point of view. Just to kind of establish the basis of what is a werewolf, what is a wolf, and what are the interesting magical elements behind them, first and foremost. Okay, so a werewolf in the Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures says the name werewolf comes from the edition of the Old English were man, and the word wolf. A werewolf is a human being who has the ability to turn into a wolf, although the term can also be used generically to describe a human who turns into another kind of animal under conditions of sorcery or enchantment. You know, where back then people uh, not only prosecuted against witches, but they also sought out people and called them werewolves. Um pretty crazy time back in that back in those days werewolves act entirely like a wolf while they are in that shape and will prey upon any human or other animal the ability or misfortune to become a werewolf was conveyed in different ways by curse enchantment sleeping in the light of a full moon being conceived under a new moon eating wolf meat drinking werewolves have drunken or putting on a wolf's skin. The werewolf effect takes place in the hours of darkness, and subjects conceal their wolf skin and hide their activities during the day, completing the Jekyll and Hyde persona of werewolf existence. Those who are injured as werewolves may be easily discovered the next day since the human subject will have a wound in the same place. Thus, rousing suspicion of those who had not already noticed the telltale signs of werewolfdom. The hairy brows and meat in the middle I'm sorry. The hairy brows that meet in the middle, the vertebrated eyes, the long canine teeth, and generally vulpine appearance. Basically, so, some people have genetic uh, ailments or um, different genetic, uh, how am I trying to say it, forms to their, their appearance. Um, some people were nicknamed like werewolves or uh, dog people because they unfortunately had a genetic mutation or a genetic... Uh, I'm trying not to use the word thing. <laughs> Basically, th their hair grows all over their body in places where it even shouldn't, like all over their face, all over their hands and feet, legs, arms, torso. 
And so a lot of people saw that as strange and they thought that they were werewolves. Meanwhile, it's a uh, genetic condition. And, you know, it can easily be managed by shaving and removing the hair. But it's so, it's really intense from what I understand. It's very, uh, it's not just something that you can just maintain you know, once a week. It's something where these people, they have so much hair that even when it's growing out of their nose and ears, they have to definitely clean out of their nose and ears. Otherwise, they have difficulty hearing or breathing. Um, it's really interesting. Once a werewolf, there are very few rem remedies to help you achieve a cure. Being shot with a silver bullet or arrowhead will probably put you out of your misery the quickest. Although some werewolves pray to St. Hubert. So apparently they're like, oh, they pray to a certain person. They must be a werewolf. Oh, this is, this is how crazy some people can be, in my opinion. But we do have quite a few other legends. We have the Greek god Zeus was said to have caused Lycanion. Or however you say his name. <laughs> um, the founder of Arcadia to turn into a wolf after having unwisely sacrificed his own child to Zeus, Lycaeus, or the vulpine Zeus. This, unple this unpleasant behavior so disgusted the Olympian god that he determined to wipe out humanity by sending the Great Flood, from which only indeculation and... Oh, sorry. Deucalion, not deculation, <laughs> Deucalion and Peria escaped. The wolf cult of Zeus, like Hayes, was said to have still been practiced as late as the first century AD, when a member of the Antaeus family told Pliny the Elder that he had been a lycanthrope for nine years, having drawn lots with the rest of his clan to partake in these secret rites. The fear of werewolves reached its height in 16th century France, where many thousands of people were executed after being accused of witchcraft and lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Or lycanthropy. That's how you properly, properly say it. Sometimes I forget how to properly say shit. <laughs> lycanthropy. Yeah my lips i i do i am diagnosed with a light form of ms so that half my face is numb but it makes uh, pronouncing things entertaining because sometimes i'll just mispronounce it lycanthropy is the medical term for when the supposed victim believes himself to be a wolf behaving in gait and appetite like one who is indeed transformed. So basically, there was a mental illness behind it for some people, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is uh, rare. It's not extremely common. But, you know, that's why, like, we have to look at all the angles for these things because sometimes, especially when humans say that they're a werewolf, I'm sorry, I'm... I'm the person where I sit there and go, okay, you're, you just might be crazy because from my personal experience, 
um, you're either this wolf being or you're a human. There is no transformation between the two. If anything, what they're doing is some form of shamanism. Uh, if they're not mentally uh, affected in a negative way, let's say it that way. They're just tapping into some kind of energy rather than actually transforming. They might think they're transforming, but if you record them with a video camera, I guarantee you they're not going to change. Unless they're on a movie set and you have a CGI computer program to manipulate the footage and add on to it. Like, yeah, you, you know where I'm getting. <laughs> Um, in historical record, many warriors, including the famous Germanic and Scandinavian berserkers called Ulfhedar, am I saying that right? <laughs> Ulfhedar, Ulfhedinar, I'm going to say Ulfhedar, who prepared themselves for battle in magical ways to receive the spirit of their totem animal or spirit within them. They possibly have led to some reports of lycanthropy. Butchered of Worms, writing in AD 1000, speaks of werewolves, and the wearing of a wolfskin in medieval Scandinavia was believed to be the means of becoming a werewolf. It is known that the Picts of Alba, now Scotland, went into battle naked so as to show and perhaps activate the woe tattoos of clan totems upon their bodies. Their fearless manner of throwing themselves upon their enemies unprotected by an armor made a distinct impression upon their foes. Werebears, boars, crocodiles, dogs, foxes, hares, hyenas, jaguars, leopards, and tigers are also found in different parts of the world. Werewolves have been popular at the cinema from the time of the black and white classic The Wolfman, starring Lon Chaney Jr., to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, where Harry's teacher, Professor Remus Lupin, turns into a werewolf. The 2003 film Underworld dealt with the war that rages between werewolves and vampires, thus giving vampire watchers and lycanthropes alike a double dose of enjoyment. So that is that little section about werewolves. Basically, it puts you up to speed about what a werewolf is, if you didn't know what one one was already. Let's see, we're going to go to the wolf section. Which is a little long, too. <laughs> I'm trying to have some humor in this. So, th there's a lot of stuff behind wolves, too. Like, we know that they're creatures. Or animals, Canis lupus. Um, we know that they live in packs, they're on the wild, and they're very, very, very misunderstood. A lot of people like them more nowadays than they did back then, but still, like, they're still misunderstood. They're, they're seen as hostile or aggressive creatures that will go on to farmers' lands and take their livestock and uh, 
ruin a farmer's business of making money and livelihood. And to be honest, that's, that's all wrong. Um, if anything, I, I would personally assume, if anything, that a farmer is going to more likely deal with a fox invading their farm or a coyote then they're going to experience a wolf. Like, they're going to experience those other critters before they experience wolves. And <clears throat> basically, it's it's really sad because wolves and, in my opinion, all wild animals should be protected anyways. So that's why, like, covering the wolf aspect of this is important because a lot of people demonize wolves still. A lot of people, um, especially those that farm and have a negative point of view of them, are the ones most likely to sit there and uh, blame a wolf than they are, let's say, to blame a stoat for getting into their chicken coop. Um, I Basically, if you want to boil it down to anything further than that, it's uh, basic human ignorance, in my opinion. I know those are pretty strong opinions, but, you know, that's why you're here. <laughs> to hear my opinion on what I think for these things, because I, I might be able to give you some ideas or some insight to something that you never looked at before if you're doing research yourself. Or... You're just simply entertained by the fact that I'm struggling to pronounce things today. <laughs> so, the wolf, the wolf uh, part in the Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures says the wolf excites a variety of emotions, prime of which is fear. As pack animals that have a tribal order that pack leaders and subordinates, wolves and humans have competed for the same territory and sometimes the same food, making the wolf a suitable object of projected blame and a symbol of rapacy. Never seen that word in my life. <laughs> there are many legends in which the wolf is the devourer of the light. In Hindu belief, the wolf of darkness swallows the quail that heralds the return of the sun. The divine twins, the Asvins, who are representatives of the day and night, help receive the quail. In Norse myth, the wolf is one of the three creatures responsible for the bringing about of Ragnarok, the ending of the world. The fast-running wolf was one of the animals who helped coyotes steal fire from the fire people in a story from British Columbia in Canada. Wolves appear in the foundation myths of many peoples, Notably in the story of the foundation of Rome in which the twins Romulus and Remus, the sons of Mars and a Vestal Virgin, were set adrift on the timber to die. Oh, sorry. Not timber. It's not wood. It's, it's the Tiber, which is a river. They washed up near the cave of Lupercal, where a she-wolf found and suckled them. When they became the founders of Rome... The wolf was not forgotten. The popular festival of Lupercalia, celebrated on 15th of February, was held in honor of the fertility of flocks and fields. It involved two noble youths smeared with blood, 
who struck everyone they met with strips of skin from a sacrificed goat to make them fertile. I don't know about you, but that's like that's kind of extreme and a little strange. I guess back then it wasn't very strange, but nowadays that's that's kind of strange. I'm just gonna whack you with some goat skin. I don't know. <laughs> like I have I have to say this though. A lot of uh, weird things we believed in, and I'm pretty sure today's no different. In Irish tradition, King Cormac was fostered by wolves. Many beliefs view the wolf as evil, like the Zoroastrians, for whom the wolf is a symbol of Ahriman. I have to make sure I say it right, because otherwise it would just come out crazy. In Norse myth, Fenris the wolf is one of the beings created by Loki to bring trouble to the world, while Odin's two wolves, Skull and Hati, whose names respectively mean repulsion and hatred, pursue the sun and moon, trying to bite pieces out of them to purge the world into darkness. Purge, sorry. Plunge the world into darkness. I'm getting ahead of myself, I'll admit it. I'll admit that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But, let's see. The Christian tradition sees the wolf as the fierce and insatiable adversary of the meek and biddable lamb. Why can't they choose, like, simple words? Basically, the meek little lamb. The cleverness of the wolf is also celebrated, however... And the stories regarding Yzengrim and his contests with the fox Renard were immensely popular in medieval Europe. Many Native American tribes took sorry <laughs> that took look. Many Native American tribes look to the wolf as a brother and teacher, one who shows the way beyond death. Kawatilakala Oh my goodness, they got long words was the first being of the Suwet'nook people of Northwest Pacific peoples of North America. He and his wife were wolves. One day, when it was raining heavily, he said to her, I don't see why we should remain animals. Let us take off our skins and keep them only for dancing. The Nootka people of that region believed the wolf was the one who taught people how to dance. So that's pretty interesting already. But that's pretty much the uh, the end of that for the definition of the wolf. So that's the little mythical realm of the wolf end. And then we looked at the werewolf part. And I have to say, though, those are little sections that kind of get you up to speed on what is a werewolf, what is a wolf, what are the mystical things behind them. And it's very interesting to know all that because when we look at the eyewitness reports, a lot of these people, they're not into knowing about much about, let's say, werewolves or wolves. Or they're a wildlife expert or they know a whole bunch of what kind of animals are in their area. And they still see this thing as different from a wolf. They see it as more of a werewolf. So, 
in my opinion, even if you knew the legends about werewolves and wolves, um, it's still not enough for you to sit there and go, hey, there, there was a, a dog man or a dog thing that ran across my uh, headlights late at night last night and I saw it. Like, everyone's generally describing the same exact thing, which makes you wonder. And most to be, most of these people, I would say, yeah, all of them are not really related to one another. It's all over the United States. It's not like you have one family that's spread across the entire United States that are in on this thing. Um, otherwise, it's a very, very uh, complicated, widespread hoax that, you know, how how can everyone remember the exact details for this thing if they're all in on it? Why why would they go to such lengths to contact someone like Linda S. Godfrey or other people and report them? So that's something to think about. Oh, hi, Elsa. My cat Elsa likes to visit me a whole lot, especially when I'm doing something from home. She likes to bug me because she thinks that when I'm talking, she thinks I'm talking to her. <laughs> Typical cat. I also wanted to go over the dream symbolism behind werewolves. And I'm going to use the dream dictionary from A to Z by Thressa Chung. And I marked down that uh, page 521 is werewolves. And 525 is wolf, but in order to properly examine all these things, you have to go under monster for the werewolf, which is on page 345, and for the wolf, you have to see animal, which is on page 20. So we're going to go under page 345 to look under monster. Okay, so they have monster in here and it says if you dream of being hunted by a savage and terrible monster of any kind you might want to try and face it if the dream reoccurs mystery is not so terrifying once it is identified and understood since it becomes something you can recognize and therefore deal with if you do recognize your personal monster you might also want to try and engage it in a dialogue a classic way to interpret a difficult dream such as this was devised by Dr. Frederick Perils, the distinguished gestalt therapist. Take two chairs and place them opposite each other. You sit in one and imagine your dream monster or enemy in the other chair. Move between the chairs as you first ask and answer the questions. Try asking your dream monster what it wants, why it is in your dreams, why it is in your dreams, and why it is chasing you. The process may take some time, but eventually you, as the dream, may deliver a message that speaks to you. When that happens, you may find it easier to face your fears and interpret your dream. By understanding nasty nightmare animals, as well as people, places, or things, you may be able to harness their energy and take back into yourself those parts of your personality you have been trying to disown. Animals and dreams reflect the animal or instinctual part of your nature. 
So if the fierce animal terrorizing you in a dream is a tiger, lion, or snake, consider what this animal represents to you and what it says about your psychological state. Are you confining, restricting, or subduing an important part of yourself? If you begin to get answers to these questions, you may find that the animals in your dreams become less fierce and threatening. It might also help to draw or write a description of your animal. Of course, your personal associations to the specific animal is of great importance here. If your shadow, the part of yourself that you keep hidden, appears in your dreams as a monster, fierce animal, murderer, vampire, werewolf, ghost, or other sinister, threatening being, this may be a positive thing. It is your dreaming mind's way of inter of reintroducing the parts of yourself you are repressing in an effort to make you whole. Which makes a whole bunch of sense. If you have a dream, let's say, uh, actually, let's say last night I had a zombie dream. Now, in this dream dictionary, I would look up what zombie means. But what I'm trying to say is these things have a symbolic symbolism to you personally. Um, from what I understand, wolves, especially werewolves in dreams, represent a suppression of sexuality. Which, when you're looking up symbolism as to why you're having these dreams, you might want to look at, you know, maybe you're having repressed urges or not being able to, um, be sexually active enough. That's just one example. But let's see what the wolf part says. So the dream dictionary says, if you dream of a wolf, it suggests that the dreamer may be feeling threatened by other people or may be vulnerable in some situation. The wolf as suggested by fairy tales like Red Riding Hood, also represents the female fear of powerful male sexuality and yet might also figure in female sexual fantasies. Wolves are also symbols of repressed sexuality and anger, like I was talking about. So, I just find it very interesting to go under the symbolism behind dreaming of wolves and werewolves and the interesting legend and mythology behind those subjects because they set a foundation for you to understand that you know if it is all in your head if it is just overactive imagination there's something to go on there um i personally like to disprove myself before i realize and or can accept that what's happening is something not made up, something that's not imagined or overreacted to. Because if you play into that all the time, um, you're going to start thinking you're seeing things everywhere. Meanwhile, in reality, you're, you're probably in all likelihood not. Um, so that's why, like, throughout all this, I, I made sure that going into this that I would keep myself grounded and grounded in logic. Now without further ado I'm going to move on to talking about Linda S. Godfrey 
and her many, many, many books that she's published about dogmen and upright canids, uh, werewolves, they're all the same thing. She's got many books out there. The books I'm going to use as reference for pulling out certain little pockets of information or eyewitness appeal is, uh, I got Monsters Among Us. I got I Know What I Saw, Modern Day Encounters with Monsters of New Urban Legend and Ancient Lore. And I also am going to reference Real Wolfman, True Encounters in Modern America. All three of these books are Linda S. Godfrey's. They are not my own information or anything like that. I'm using her eyewitness accounts to help bring into light uh, my, my message here today in episode one. But for now, we're going to take a break and enjoy a little of a interlude before I continue. Okay, everyone, I'm back for more. Let's see. I'm going to cover Linda S. Godfrey and some of her eyewitness accounts that she's recorded in three of the books that I'm referencing today which is Monsters Among Us, I Know What I Saw, Modern Encounters with Monsters and New Urban Legend and Ancient Lore, and Real Wolfman, Truth, True Encounters in Modern America. Now, Linda S. Godfrey refers to them as indigenous dogmen, dogman, dogmen, upright canines, or werewolves. And it's very interesting that she sticks with the indigenous dogman or dogman. Um, personally, I use the term wolfen, and I will eventually get to that point as to why I use wolfen. Um, but I do respect when people say dogman or dogmen. It's it's not too far fetched for anyone if you it's it's basically he said she said however you want to reference stuff so. I'm not too big on that. You can call them whatever you want, as long as we're talking about the same thing, you know, wolf-like beings. And in Monster Among Us, she has a collection of eyewitness accounts that report of wolf beings in sections 1, 2, and 3 of the book. And in chapter 8 on page 90, Speak, Rover, Speak, they suggest that these beings are not of this world, but extraterrestrial in nature because of UFO sightings related or close, closely seen around the uh, sightings of one of these things. And a lot of them look more like uh, the Egyptian god Anubis is what they're saying. It goes over that extensively in chapter 9, page 95, Shadow Wolves. And... A lot of these eyewitnesses claim that these beings that they see are, are being seen in their own homes, outside the windows. Um, the shadow ones or the Anubis ones are seen in their homes, up close and personal. Almost like as if they're like a spirit or a demon entering their home and... Let me tell you this thing, I don't, after all this time of going into paranormal stuff and learning about spirits and demons and angels and gods and whatever, 
whatever, what have you. My personal opinion has come to the fact that these demons or angels that you see or cryptids, they're so much related to UFOs and extraterrestrials, it's not even funny. Like, there are almost always sightings in and around UFO sightings. So I think we should all definitely pay attention to that because, I mean, if it was just some coincidence, then I would say about half of these sightings wouldn't have UFOs around them or spirit or spirits or demons. Um, they even mention in this book that... Is it this book? <laughs> I didn't make a note on this because I'm I'm going off of where I'm getting in my head. Uh, one of her books, either it's I Know What I Saw or Monsters Among Us. An eyewitness reports that they saw one come out of a woman in church, like like a demon possessed her, and it looked wolfish but wasn't entirely wolfish. And so that's where a lot of these people, these eyewitnesses, get a lot of uh, fear and anxiety over these creatures. Because it's so unreal to them upon realizing that it's real. Um, a lot of these people don't sleep very well at night, from what I gather. Um... It's overall very interesting to read. If you read these books, at least these three books, from Linda S. Godfrey, you would have a better understanding of what these creatures are in general. But if you move to I Know What I Saw, you'll see she covers in chapter 2, 4, and 5 these creatures. And... There's even an account of an encounter with a wolf being having puppies with the eyewitness's dog, which is very strange. I have to say it's it's probably the strangest one I've come across. And this man claims that these puppies don't have anything different from a normal dog in appearance. But for some reason, their psychic ability is on, like, a whole nother level. It's like they're a psychic wolf. And it sounds very, like, unique and almost unreal. But I guess it was really investigated enough to even make it into the book. Because otherwise, I believe, I don't think it would have gotten into the book. Now... Because most of these wolfen are described as evil, scary, and terrifying, and able to speak or communicate telepathically, these eyewitnesses these eyewitnesses range from ordinary citizens to government personnel. All of them describe the same figure, a black wolf-like being with resemblance to Anubis. 
And on page 194 of The Real Wolfman, it explains from a government personal a personnel point of view and it's very very interesting i to be honest it's the one part where i realized that this thing was real to me um it's a little tough for me to admit that this thing is real because i haven't physically seen it it's more of a psychic feel and a telepathic communication exchange. And like I said earlier in part one, that over the years, I've realized that I'm sensitive to sensing things. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough where I realize that this is some kind of skill or gift that I have. And I firmly believe that everyone on some level has psychic gifts, at least in regards of telepathic gifts or high intuitive feelings. And so I experienced something back in February, March. March. It's a little tough because, like, for me, it feels like forever. Um, Basically, back in November of 2019, I had a dream about going around worlds through portals with a man that turned into a black wolf, and I helped people in this dream. We went from portal to portal. Now, the reason why I mentioned that is because later on in March of 2020 I for whatever reason right as COVID-19 was hitting my state which is New York I was feeling extremely anxious and almost like a PTSD feeling for exactly three weeks straight the first week I remember just feeling really anxious, really not comf not feeling comfortable at all to go to bed and go to sleep. Um, I couldn't understand why. I had no reason to be. I had no logical reason to be. I had no stresses going on at the time. Plus, they weren't saying anything like COVID-19 was hitting the state yet. Everything was uh, really just normal. There was no reason for me to be that way at all at night. And I know I have a history of night terrors, but that was only for about two and a half years straight, about five years ago. And so I recently, I believe I started in, yeah, February. That's why I was thinking February earlier. February I started vitamin D supplements because they found out that I was vitamin D deficient. So I had a history of anxiety and depression and that went away immediately within two weeks of being on my vitamin D prescription. So again, I say I had absolutely no reason to be anxious or fearful to go to bed. And that was like for a whole week where I couldn't understand why. 
and into the second week, right before bed, I I started. Maybe I was thinking about it, or I saw images of stereotypical gray aliens pointing their needles in my face. And at first, you know, I'm just sitting there going, I'm going crazy. I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm thinking about aliens. Like, what the hell? You know? I just want to go to sleep. So, I remember just saying out loud and also trying to think it, thought project it, saying, I want to be left alone. I want to go to sleep. Leave me alone. And... I even got to the point where I was even cursing, saying the F word of leave me the F alone, I want to go to sleep. And it was every night I kept getting those images over and over again. And so I started, by the second night, I started uh, trying to imagine having a wall around myself that protects me. That didn't work. So I try imagining myself as a powerful animal, defending myself. And that seemed to work, but it was like, they, they were still happening every night. And this lasted up until about week three. Week three, I'm still, you know, doing my routine of envisioning killing these gray aliens as a saber-toothed tiger because that was the only thing I could think of. I like cats and I, I believe, you know, big cats are very powerful and they can be fast and handle themselves. So that's why I visioned myself like that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, I had the image of a black werewolf helping me. And it was really strange because I sat there and went, oh, now I'm thinking about werewolves. Well, this makes total sense, right? You know, I'm finally losing it. The lack of sleep is getting to me. Because I was, on average, probably getting two to four hours of sleep a night and I was going to work. And, I don't know, it was just really, really weird. I'm like, I'm losing it here. And... Then I just I just feel like I was getting some kind of telecommunication. And it was saying, you know, <clears throat> I helped you out. I want to make a contract with you. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I've I finally lost it. I'm insane. So I might as well just play along because Maybe if I just have it run its course in my head, then I'll be able to finally uh, go to sleep. You know, like how you start thinking something before bed and you uh, can't go to bed until you're finished thinking about it? Well, that's what I thought at the time. So I just sat there and went, sure, I'll make a contact contract with you. Uh, what do you want? And it was like very, very, very personal. So I'm not going to like say per se exactly what it was um I feel like I I don't want to like say every everything because um some of it just sounds really creepy or nutty to the point where 
I don't think anyone deserves to be thought of as crazy, including myself, but at the same time, like, from the telecommunications, the telepathic communications I've had, like, I feel like this would also protect what's happened to, um, basically, we made a contract, a deal, and my terms was, if you serve humanity in the way of to protect it and support it from any negative entities or further, like, gray aliens from attacking people, then fine, I'll make that deal. Sounds pretty good. Like, you, you protected me, so I don't see why, uh, why not. So we agreed, and I was in constant communication with him for about, I'd say two and a half months. About two and a half months. Um... I just remember, like, the next night, like, I just felt like a presence there near me, like, outside. Not directly outside my window, but in my backyard somewhere, like, pretty close. And I just remember him, you know, being curious about me and if I was okay. And I also felt like a hint of, uh admiration with what I went through and put up with and it was really weird for me to sense all that because I, I sat there and went you know I, I finally lost it you know I'm I'm totally insane you know um and I just remember asking him questions like okay so if you're real then why don't you just show up in front of me so I could see you and he told me that it was against the rules to do that. And I said, why? Like, you got, like, some high and mighty rules or something, and, you know, you can't show yourself to me and show me that you're real, so that way, like, I know that this is either in my head or not. Like, this is crazy to begin with that I even think that I'm talking to something or someone like you. And he goes, well, there's laws, but... I can't show myself. I stay invisible because it's biotech, he says. And he sent me a picture in my mind of a sloth. Now, this was very, very interesting because it wasn't until about, I would say, almost a month later that I read in Linda S. Godfrey's book, Real Wolfman, page 194 and and it talks about the military personnel being a psychic scanner that can scan other psychic pres presences in, within the area and he explains it as a form of biotech as well bioluminescence and they can't be harmed by bullets because of bio armor now that's not covered anywhere else in any documentaries or TV shows. It's not even suggested bioluminescence or biotechnology or anything like that. So it really creeped me out that I thought of something like that before I even knew about it. So that's how I knew that was real. 
but I just remember, you know, we had a lot of conversations about over like the two and a half weeks or three weeks that I saw him for. We had a lot of conversations about, you know, why are you invisible? Why are people so afraid of you? Because it was like within the first two weeks that I started really researching about werewolves and dogmen. And I kept, I just remember asking, you know, how come people are afraid of you? How come you're mean to them or your your people are mean to them? Because his race is a very, very proud race. And I'm saying race and everything because from what I've come to find, they are extraterrestrial in origin. And that's what a lot of these eyewitness reports suggest too as well for those that have had tele telepathic communications with these creatures. Um, I've, I've gleaned that, you know, his race is a very proud race, but when a human is showing fear towards them or hostility or a weakness or a submissive version of an emotion or, um, I would say physical symbolic, uh, motion of submissive submission his people react to that aggressively because it's something that's instinctual in them to attack what is frightened what is afraid um they forget and this sounds like an excuse but they do they do forget that the fear or anxiety or anger that is emitted from the human being they forget that that's part of the human being so they try to attack the fear is what was explained to me they try to attack the fear and they forget that that fear is being projected from the human they think it's like let's say you're wearing a bandana that's stained and someone's angry at it they forget that that's part of you that's like your arm or leg not your bandana so they attack it and it's very interesting to know that because a lot of these people are described as being chased after or frightened and a lot of other people speculate that these beings or creatures attack other people or charge at them out of boredom and don't hurt them because they're bored they don't need to eat them but that's not true from what i under from what i understand and you could take it as you will but i want to stress also that if you're looking to make contact with these beings I highly suggest that you don't purposely go to look for them, especially if you have no understanding on how to telepathically communicate. I believe that's a very important thing to practice and understand because then you can best communicate with them because a lot of times with eyewitness reports, 
there's also sacred lands that are involved in some of these sightings in North America. And these wolfen, they protect the sacred lands because there's portals there. Basically, they're protecting their front doors or their homes because the humans that wander in through those areas are blind to that and they seem like they're being rude. So that's why they do that. Now, to further back what I've gleaned as their extra extraterrestrial in origin is that I was told that the reason why um, this one particular one, why he saved me was also because of the fact that he opposed the negative entities that are <clears throat> wanting to do harm against humanity. And there is what is known as like alliances and stuff throughout the Starseed community. And he's basically, if you think about it, he's like a rebel organization that's rebelling against the negative extraterrestrials that want nothing but negative intent towards humans. Basically, his people were once allied with the negative entities, and because they're putting so much energy and focus on humanity and trying to dominate humanity, they're neglecting some of their allies. So he was very outraged that they didn't honor their word anymore, and they also brainwashed his people and manipulated them and stole technology from them. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure the technology was shared at first, but because they didn't honor their word, they are now seen as stealing. So it makes perfect sense to me about the rational rationale behind these motives that I'm told. And we can cover aliens in a whole different episode but I'm just gleaming over what I've been told, and a lot of people want to say that wolfen are animals, that they're like Bigfoot, that they go around and forge and everything like an animal, and I, f I feel personally that's simply not true. They're just another being like you and me. If you really think about it, animals are living beings anyways, too. They're a different kind of being. They have consciousness, they have a soul, they have feelings, they have empathy, they, they get mad, they get happy, and they express it. And it's, it's something that is really interesting to experience because when you further your telepathic communication abilities, you realize that everything is a being. Now, I have no ability to communicate with plants. Some people that have strong telepathic communication abilities can communicate with plants, which I'm, I'm the kind of person where I'm trying to be as skeptic until proven 
that it's real and I, I have to say I, I don't fully believe in the plant idea yet but I'm open mind about everything so even if I might not agree with you I definitely will have an open mind about it and listen because as long as you're making logical sense we're good but if you sound a little like off off track or off record and not consistent at all like that's when I kind of start wondering you know how how this is really happening um but I also want to say like if you're planning on forcing an encounter or you do encounter a wolfen uh, ways to prepare or contact them outside of just telepathic communication practices um you can also use i i firmly believe that you should probably use a gopro camera instead of trying to snap a picture um they do sense the ability of you know the motions and the devices of what a camera is they're not stupid they're very intelligent and they sense your thoughts and your intent so if you go to grab your camera and go oh i gotta get a picture they're gonna disappear or run away or do something where you don't take a picture of them they do have the ability to become invisible and that's through their biotechnology and so all you'll capture on your camera is a bunch of mist or nothing at all uh, if you set up a trail cam they'll they'll smell your scent there they'll know there's a camera there i believe they definitely know what a camera smells like too so if you really think about it it's a uh, living being with at least the intelligence of a human add in heightened senses like scent hearing and eyesight and you got someone that knows a little bit more than people do um i would say a huge difference between night and day but use a gopro camera that way you can have it facing front back or side and that's the only difficulty part is figuring out what what angle you're going to want to at and the reason why i say a gopro camera is also I'm the kind of person where I'll forget that it's on my head or mounted on me somewhere. So that way, if you do forget that you have it mounted on you and it's recording and let's say you have an encounter, um, they're less likely to pick up on that because you forgot that you have a GoPro camera on you. So that's just why I suggest a GoPro. Um, some people do have very lucky abilities to capture them on film but then there's so many pictures out there that are hoaxed that are manipulated with photoshop all because someone wants a little fame saying yeah i got dog man on camera and here it is and i want my money or i want my fame or i want social media status and that's not a very respectable way but people do do that and so, therefore, it's hard to decipher which picture is real, which picture is manipulated, which picture is hoaxed. There's even films out there, like the famous Gable film that was faked and hoaxed, and I believe it wasn't intentionally made, 
to uh, be a hoax. I believe it was intentionally made to just have some fun and be inspired by the Beast of Bray Road at the time. But apparently it, it got out of hand and the public decided to take it as it was a real footage of a dogman attacking someone and killing them. And that's where you get all these other reports of people that still want to sit there and go, Oh, there was a murder, there was disappearance, and these people died and were killed. I'm like, you do realize like someone has to be left behind in order to know that there's a murder or... Someone has to go missing and be found at the scene in order to report that there's been a murder by one of these things. And so therefore, I'm with uh, Linda S. Godfrey and her books where she says that, you know, these creatures have not killed anybody yet. Because we can't determine if and when and where some of these murders that are reported to be. Um, some of them even turn up where there's no articles on them. There's no, um, there's no evidence. There's just no evidence at all. Like, some of these people don't even exist. So, I mean, as much as I hate to say, you know, this person doesn't exist, I mean, I have to, I have to side with her on this one. Um... If there's no evidence at all, like not even a speck, then I don't believe a wolfen has ever killed anybody. I do believe, however, they scared the crap out of people over and over again because people react in a stupid way where they're either trudging around in, in their territory unawares or they're driving at night and just like how you almost hit a deer or a raccoon and you're just being ignorant in your car, like, that. that's, I mean, I've been there, I've hit two animals in my life, um, knock on wood, uh, I was, I'm not proud of those moments, but I find that having bass on in my car and listening to my music a little loud keeps the critters away, uh, I don't know if that works with anybody else, but it's worked with me, I've definitely had a lot of birds almost crash into my car, and it's really just because our roads are there and they don't understand that these big giant metal things with wheels on them are dangerous. I don't think they really realize just how dangerous it is. So I would assume, safely assume, that uh, Wolfen think the same, but I do, I do strongly believe that they see cars more as things that hit animals and can give them food, but at the same time, there's been reports of eyewitnesses driving up to some of these wolfen and seeing that they're holding roadkill, like a raccoon, and they're reported to uh, feel sad because that's what they thought the creature was feeling. And it makes sense to me because my telepathic communications also include of, you know, what it, what do they think of animals? And he told me that as far as animals go, they're living beings too. Animals and humans, he says, are all living beings, but they are all also earthlings. So any being that lives on earth is an earthling. 
if you want to look at it that way, or earth beings. And all life is precious and sacred. And it's very important that if you do kill something, that you use everything it has to offer you. You do not waste it. It's the classic Native American ideal of consuming meat and animals. And personally, I'm a person where I gave up milk because I'm allergic to it. I gave up red meat. I still eat white meat, so I'm not vegan or vegetarian by nature. So I, I do strongly believe in honoring the animal that you are about to consume because they are giving you nourishment and you should be respecting the fact that this animal was living, breathing, just like you and me, eating, going about their day, you know, going out there, having sex, going to the bathroom, having babies, you know, being happy, being sad, whatever. And then they die because someone comes along and kills them, butchers them, puts the meat in in the grocery store for humans to purchase and consume. So I strongly believe in thanking the animal or at least showing respect that you acknowledge that this animal gave its life for, so that you may live. Even though nowadays, you know, we don't have to risk starvation, but still, you should respect animals. So that's how he put it to me, and I totally agree with him. He, uh, basically, uh, as far as I understand, like, he gets the same way with roadkill. He sees it as... It is unfortunate that this being had to die, but it's even more unfortunate if this being's body is wasted and not respected. Especially if you're a being that can only eat meat. Um, I do not believe that he consumes any vegetables or plant matter. Um, I believe he eats meat and energy but as far as that goes I believe I covered everything and anything that I wanted to cover today and I do have to go over this one more time in saying that Linda Godfrey's books are very insightful into everything in fact I will even read page 194 of Real Wolfman for you so that you understand that what I'm looking at is something that I didn't know about until I read about it. And I also knew about it before I read it. Like, it was really weird. Like, I was told it, but I wasn't really aware of it. So, without further ado, I'm going to read page 194 of Real Wolfman by Linda S. Godfrey. So, in the Real Wolfman book, you're going to go to page 194. And it covers the title, it's called Alien Werewolves from Space, a Remote Viewer's Intake. So, this is what they call uh, the scanning, telepathic, psychic, gifted people. They call them remote viewers. And the book says, In the course of hunting out of the box explanations for these creatures, I have consulted a few unorthodox sources. 
One theory that came my way suggested the tall, hairy ones may have a logical purpose in hanging out their strategic military sites. They are themselves military spies of a very different sort. In 2005, a man contacted me who had been trained in a form of telepathy called remote viewing and who had once worked as a consultant to the U.S. government. Remote viewing is a, is a discipline with very strict protocols aimed at retrieving information through techniques that might be very generally termed psychic. Governments worldwide have been interested in the practice for espionage purposes for decades, and it was developed particularly by the U.S. military as a super covert project in the Cold War area era. <laughs> my my I swear when I read stuff it never goes well but when I can talk it goes well the man had attended college in Wisconsin and was interested in the beast of Bray Road he said that he had conducted remote viewing sessions on unknown upright canines and had perceived some unique things about them he went on to explain that our earth was cycled through several distinct geographical epochs since it was formed, and that during each one of these periods, its surface was totally remade. In one of those epochs, before humans arrived, huge wolf-like aliens landed here, and a scattered group of their commando-style scouts remain, waiting patiently for our race to demolish itself so that they may inherit Earth. The man said that when he viewed the appearance of these alien canids, his first thought was, as Emma at the naval base had previously remarked, that they resembled Anubis. He added that they were highly intelligent and that their fur contained symbiotic, bioluminescent bacteria that gave them a faint, shimmering look when they moved. It is true that many witnesses have described the upright canid's fur as silver-tipped or streaked with white. He also said the bacteria release a hydrogen sulfide gas product that can account for the unpleasant odor some witnesses notice, and they have a warrior cast that allows them to sport bio-armor under their fur. That explains their tolerance to bullets. They get from place to place via portals resembling cones of darkness, which aids their ability to elude capture. I am very aware that this scenario sounds far-fetched, but the remote viewer has stayed in contact with me. I know who he is and believe he is a responsible person. He did stop viewing the creatures, he said, because they were able to detect his psychic intrusion and viewed him right back. He said it was not a pleasant experience. So that that's the little example part that I'm using to verify my, my encounter. Now to even further update my encounter... Um, I know a couple weeks back I encountered one more wolf being entity, Wolfen, and it was really interesting because they approach you in your dreams first to try to gauge what your reaction is to them because they don't, at least with the ones that I've met, they stress very strongly that they don't want you to be afraid. They don't want you to show fear because then they have to leave because they'll be compelled to attack or charge after you. 
It's in their nature. They can't help it. So that's why they also leave when they start feeling that you're afraid. Um, so I had like another dream where I just remember I was in a field. It was in my backyard. And I followed someone into the field because I told them, don't go back there. You can't go by yourself. And they were there and two wolfen were there in the grass. I only saw one at first. And I told them, you, you have to ask permission to come in here. They won't let you in. Because I knew, like, for example, like, I felt like that they... The wolfen wouldn't let this person in. And out of nowhere, a black wolf with bright yellow eyes ran up to me. And I didn't realize it until I woke up because I woke up pretty fast to this one. I think I was woken up. But I just remember this was like a small individual and I just felt it was... A female and she ran up to me and she ran past me and circled around me and was like very very happy and so I didn't really understand what the dream was about until the next day when I started getting some kind of telepathic messages when I was waking up in the morning and I noticed she likes to contact me in the morning and the male likes to contact me at mostly at night, but at both times morning and night and sometimes in the afternoon. Um, but she told, she told me her name, so I know both of their names, but I won't say them on the podcast because it will protect them if I don't say their name. Given, just given the reason that their situation, they're by themselves at the moment. I don't know other than that why, what's exactly going on with them. All I know is that they need to be extremely careful. But I can, I, I do have some kind of permission to talk about this. I was just told as long as I don't reveal their names, I should be good or exactly where they are. So... I can tell you that I don't know where they all are exactly all the time. And I don't, like, I do know their names, but I won't share it. But this female was, like, she was very happy to see me and talk to me. And I realized upon talking with her for about, I would say, three or four days, she she explained to me that the male that comes see me, that that's her father. And that she's about eight years old, but she's not, she's not a full-blooded wolfen. She's a, she's a hybrid, but she looks more like a wolfen. So she's always stuck around his, her dad or got permission to stick with him. I believe that they left a group, from what I've been able to deduct from talking with them, it sounds like they left a group. For whatever reason and so they're over here checking in on me um the male has expressed over i would say a couple times he's told me that he's known me for a long 
long time longer than when I've been paying attention to how and when and how long we've been talking. He's known me a lot longer than that, so that's why, like, it, it just ties into the alien part of it a whole lot for me. Because even as a, a little kid, I had experiences with spirits, and I can't really say for sure with aliens, but I can tell you this. I have dreams that are so realistic that I can touch, taste, smell, and hear things in these dreams, just like real life. So that's what really initially started my research was this encounter and realizing that the dreams that I've been having are really realistic and for whatever reason like when I do my telepathic communications I'm an empath to a certain degree because for years I've always done tarot card readings and that's helped me build my intuition and empathic abilities and when I communicate with animals or pick up things from people I feel their emotions a lot and a lot of times I forget that those emotions aren't my own because they're so subtle and they happen not consistently to the point where I don't realize how much I'm really feeling at the time so I can just tell, like, by when they approach me, when these beings approach me, like, I can tell some of their, uh, emotions. Like, with, with the female, she has, like, a very excited, happy emotion feel. Very, like, almost bright feeling, but not, like, a bit dull, like, a dull light kind of feeling. And... She's extremely happy to communicate with me. Um, I think it's just, it's really because the three of us, we have some kind of connection that I can't really quite determine exactly yet. But I think just being able to talk to her is interesting because she's also, she, she and her father share a curiosity with humans. And it's, I, I, the way I can best compare it to is it's not like they're conducting an experiment or scientific observation with humans. I feel like it's more of a means of, to understand them because the young female, I can tell, like, it's hard for her to understand, like, she knows English, like, she understands the English language. But she has a hard time with, I would say, writing or spelling. It's really weird because sometimes when I'm, when I was asking her to help me spell her name so that I could help her pronounce it, she had a hard time spelling it. But I was able to figure out, you know, what name it was. After realizing, okay, this is the name that you really mean. And she goes, yeah, that's what it really sounds like. Because she knows what it sounds like. And so she's still learning everything. Meanwhile, like, the male, he has some kind of 
he he has more of an understanding but he kind of plays he, he's a little uh i would say a little rebel or um some kind of uh punk because he he pretends that he doesn't know everything with me and i have to figure it out all on my own and i think it's amusing for him to sit there and have me tell him going you know you really meant this didn't you and he's like like giving me that vibe of like yeah <laughs> and because he told me what his name was and it's an english version of a scandinavian name and it's a name that i didn't know so a lot of these things are things that i didn't know beforehand I, and upon researching them i'm like well why if I didn't know this, and let's say if maybe I knew this, let's say growing up in middle school, how come I'm only just remembering this now randomly without any real prompts? Um, so that's, that's how I explain it. But again, like, when I communicate, let's say, with my cat, like, I can tell when she's happy... Not with just the body language, but also, like, the feeling that I get from her. So, it's very interesting to get to know these creatures because not all of them are bad. There are some of them out there that are still, what I've been told, allied with negative entities that want nothing but harm upon humanity. And I believe that the Wolfen and Bigfoot and aliens all tie into... The missing 401 cases and so we will cover that on another day as well but they're all involved somehow some way with ufos and whether or not you agree with this that's that's okay with me you can believe in whatever whatever you want to believe in as long as you know that for yourself that that's something that you believe in and that it's something that is logical and sound to you. Something that you can be at peace with. Because if it's in the slightest where you feel that you need to learn more about it. Or discover more for yourself. Then you need to do it. Because that's that's what I started doing with these guys. Because I needed to know more about what was going on. And so I just want to recommend that. If you are deciding that you want to get into and know exactly what I'm talking about 100%, start reading Linda S. Godfrey's books, it's particularly the three books that I mentioned, Real Wolfmen, True Encounters in Modern America, Monsters Among Us, I Know What I Saw, Modern Day Encounters with Monsters of New Urban Legend, and Ancient Lore. Those three books are bound to definitely pique your interest in them. And they all have extremely long, dedicated eyewitness reports recorded in each one. And some people won't believe all of it, but I, I firmly believe in taking everything with a grain of salt and a pinch of logic and skepticism and, and open-mindedness because... I feel like that's the thing that's going to drive you to try to find out the truth. And with my point here being as 
as far as the wolfmen are concerned, I believe I owe it to myself and other people to find the exact truth of everything in regards to them. Even though I'm getting telepathic communications, the fact that I have yet to actually see one physically is something that's keeping me on trying to find the truth. So without further ado guys, I'm signing off for the day. That's episode one. Wolf Beings of America, whom I call Wolfen. I know it's a lot of information, but if you have any questions for me, any at all, about what I discussed today in episode one, feel free to send me a chat message on Anchor, or join the Discord and submit your questions according to my announcement page, which is go into the Wolf Cryptid channel on the Discord and tag my username with at Cheshire Soul and title your first post as question and ask me your question and I'll be happy to feature your questions in my podcasts so I will have episodes directly devoted to questions I did get a question today on reddit about how I was able to telecommunicate telepathically with these these guys and told you know what can I do to be safer around uh in the woods I want to go hiking by myself but now I don't feel as safe to do that anymore and all I can say is don't go hiking by yourself whether you're a man or a woman because the buddy system is very important also go by what they say with the missing 401 cases never go alone anyways (laughs) so you never want to be alone in the woods in case you get lost or in case something happens something really weird strange and out there that way you're not alone you have help and I do want to say like if you're gonna go out with a buddy or alone I suggest you're gonna go with a buddy and if you do encounter one of these creatures don't be afraid just Leave the uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm saying leave the area immediately if you see them, if you physically see one because they're that's how they're showing their aggression is by revealing themselves to you. But if you feel uncomfortable, like someone's watching you or some sort of feeling that you're getting while being alone in the woods. Just say out loud or try to think of the message. Leave me alone. I just want to be alone and enjoy my peace. Or something along those lines. And I guarantee you that feeling will go away. If it doesn't, then just leave the area. But chances are, if you just only have that feeling, you're probably sensing either the animals in the area or spirit or one of these beings. So you don't know for sure if you're sensing a wolfen. But again, if you have any questions for me, feel free to drop them. This is your host, Soul, signing out for the day with episode one. I had a lot of tongue ties and everything, but I don't want to edit them out because that's what makes this unique. Because that way 
you know it's real and legit because I will be stuck recording this over and over and over and over again just to get it right to the point where I'm just gonna mess up every time anyways so hopefully you guys are staying COVID-19 safe and if you're essential worker thank you so much for being our essential worker and helping to combat COVID-19 in any way shape or form whether you work at the hospital or you work in an essential job like I do I make microchips sometimes it's just an essential job of uh, being a mechanic at an auto parts store so thank you so much for helping us in our economy and still working and remember guys if you're not an essential worker please try home to stay safe try to stay home to stay safe and definitely definitely if you have to go out for something just constantly wear a mask because it's going to protect you better than nothing and as soon as you get home from being around people or in a public place I highly suggest just taking a shower and a bath and putting everything in a hamper right away because that way you're minimizing your exposure and contamination so like I said in this podcast I'm not an expert but at least I have common sense so I mean it's interesting to say that I have common sense after talking about this today but I hope in the future that I'll be able to cover more subjects about the Wolfen. But as far as I know, in the next few episodes, they're going to be about Missing 401 and extraterrestrials and hopefully in the near future, spirits and demons. And also, I'm always looking forward to people coming forward and giving me their accounts of what they've experienced themselves personally in New York State. And also, I would love anybody to come into the podcast and talk about them because also this is what will make it really interesting and understanding more about it because two brains are better than one, in my opinion. So hopefully, if you have any personal experiences with Dogmen, let me know. Join the Discord server for the Moon Medicine Force and submit that you would like to be in a podcast about it and I will see what I can do to get you in. So definitely ask your questions away, request to see if maybe you could could be in the podcast and that way we could journey to the truth and to be honest just talking about this made me feel a bit better about my encounter just letting it out there and admitting to everything so thanks guys for listening. This is Moon Medicine for Soul, signing out. Have a good one, guys. Toodles.